Welcome to This Is Me. My name is Siobhan. We all know someone with a battle. This weekly podcast is where I talk with everyday Australians as they share their life-changing moments. Some of these stories are sad, but all of them are inspiring. This week, we hear Carly's story. Hi, my name's Carly. I'm 41 years old. I've got two children, Ava and Harry. In November 2016, Harry was diagnosed with Duchenne muscular dystrophy. There's some stains on your photo. They all cracks on your rusty frame. What age did you decide to start a family? So we had our first when I was... 29 so we'd probably decided a year or two before that to have children I think my ex-partner was always a lot more keen to start a family than I was if I had been with someone who didn't want children I think I could have very easily decided at the time that I was happy not to have children which changed of course once once they were born you think this is amazing (laughs) I could have six or eight now but yes before that it was never a priority for me So you had a little girl? Yes, we had a little girl, Ava. And then you decided to have another And we'd always known that we would have at least two children because neither of us wanted our child to grow up as an only child, so we wanted them to have company. Mm -hmm. So you had the perfect pigeon pair. We did. Everyone was very impressed when we had Harry. The boy and the girl, we didn't have to go for anymore. It was good. Talk to me about... The pregnancy and the birth with Harry, your youngest? So everything was completely and utterly normal. I was extremely sick through my pregnancy with Harry, but that was exactly the same as I had been during my pregnancy with Ava. I just couldn't hold anything down for for months at a time. But otherwise, as I said, very normal. Um, He was born just about on time I think he might have been a day late he was actually born on my mum's birthday so I think he was waiting for that but the birth was relatively normal I'd had a previous cesarean with Ava so after you've had a cesarean they only give you an hour to try to push once you're pushing with the second baby and Harry just didn't want to come out so they took me to to theatre to try to get the forceps to take him out but his pulse dropped on the way to theatre which I wasn't aware of at the time I didn't have any idea that there was anything wrong with the baby I thought they'd just made the choice to have a cesarean instead Um, so they did an emergency cesarean for him but he came out absolutely fine and as far as we were aware we had a normal perfect boy he was quite normal as a baby he did take a little longer than normal children to lift his head but Harry also had an extremely big head as a baby all through my pregnancy they were monitoring me to see if I'd be able to have a normal birth and kept telling me that his head was small to normal size but when he came out he actually had a very large head so we assumed at the time when he wasn't able to lift his head off the ground it was just because any child wouldn't have had the the neck muscle strength to be able to do it. Um, He crawled at a normal age and he stood up on things at quite a normal age. The only difference with Harry is every time he would pull himself up and stand up, 
he wouldn't be able to work out how to get himself down again. So he would push off with the couch and go smashing his head backwards onto the ground. So that was my stressful time. I thought with Harry that you couldn't leave him alone in a room for a second because you'd hear the thump on the ground. He walks slightly late, but there is such a variation with children walking that we didn't really think it was a problem or an issue. He um, was a very quick crawler and could get everywhere he wanted crawling and could keep up with his sister as crawling. So we assumed that that was the reason why he wasn't walking. Second child, we didn't go to all the child health appointments like we did with the first child. He seemed to be growing normally. There didn't seem to be any problems. So it would get to two months after when we should have gone and I'd realise and think, oh, we'll just go to the next one. And developmentally, he seemed to be absolutely fine. He did go to the doctor for various things and they never thought that there was any issues with him. I remember one time, it was probably just before he started kindy, he was complaining of severe pain in his foot and we couldn't work out why. There didn't seem to be anything wrong. So I went to the doctor. I look back now and think the doctor didn't do the assessment that they probably should have done. So he went and had x-rays and they couldn't see anything wrong and the pain eventually went away by itself. Not that I'm complaining, even if we had found out about his diagnosis earlier, there's nothing we can do. There's no treatment, there's no cure. It doesn't matter. I think if we'd found out earlier, it just would have made things worse from an earlier age. Like at least we had four years thinking we had an absolutely normal child without all the the heartache that comes with having a child, you know, with Harry's diagnosis. We used to walk to school every day and I remember Harry was never able to do the walk. He'd always say he was tired, which was fair enough. It was quite a long walk. Even when he was in kindy, and this is when we really first started noticing that there was something different, I remember the teachers sort of saying we needed to start encouraging independence. Children shouldn't be in pushchairs when you're walking and things like that. And... Harry was still very much being pushed around when we'd go on long walks and I remember thinking he's not capable of walking he gets too tired his Mm. legs get sore and he would complain of sore legs if we do that so I was quite happy and I thought once we get to school next year we'll see what happens and then it was towards the end of the year that we got the diagnosis. At what point do you actually think there might be something not quite right. So with Harry, he always, if you look at him running, he has quite a distinctive running style. What, in I, what way? Well, I remember one of Ava's teachers saying, oh, it looks like the way a toddler runs. When mm. they're quite unsteady, he's got quite a wide gait when he runs. But that was just, that was the way he'd always done it. The other thing was... He did find it difficult to go up and down stairs. He would have to hold on, whereas other children could race up and down from earlier ages. He couldn't jump and he couldn't hop. And that was what... That was what started me trying to find out if there was an issue. I remember talking to one of our then-friends, who was a trained physiotherapist but working as a physio assistant in Australia and saying to her about did she think there was an issue if Harry couldn't 
hop and jump and she sort of said, well, children have a wide variation in their development milestones at times. It could be that everything was fine and it didn't seem to be that big an issue. But I remember that was the first time I really sort of thought, is there something wrong? Should we be doing more about it? And then we must have finally gone to the child health nurse and when we were saying that Harry couldn't hop and jump, she referred us to a physiotherapist. Okay. So we went to see the physio and she was lovely. She did everything she was meant to do, but I think she missed the whole point. So she looked at Harry and said, oh, well, I think it's that he has his feet. He didn't have the a proper um, arch in his foot. Um, so she thought maybe that was one of the main problems. So she sent us to a podiatrist to get him inserts for his shoes because she thought that might help. So when we went to the podiatrist he sort of did a full assessment of Harry and measured him and and he said at the end from what I can see the issue is that Harry has very tight calf muscles and I think that's the reason that he's having problems doing this you need to go back to the physio and have them reassess so we went back to the physio and at that time that we went she had a physio student with her so she did the whole assessment and we were talking about stretches and things we could do to help release Harry's calves and make them stronger. And um, and then she said, oh, she recommends we go back to the doctor, see the GP, and there was a blood test she advised that we had to do with his muscles and a CK test just to make sure that everything was okay. So we were walking out and I'd said to the physio student, oh, how much longer are you going to be here? And he said, oh, this is my last day because we had seen him previously. And I sort of smiled and said, oh, that's a shame. You won't see Harry when he comes back and you won't see him getting better. And the two of them looked at each other and I knew then that we had a major problem. We went to the doctor and as soon as he did a couple of tests, he got Harry to sit on the floor and watch Harry get up from the floor. And as soon as he saw that, he did say, I think there could be some sort of muscular problem here. We'll send you to the blood test and see what happens. At this stage, I still wasn't getting on the internet to, to research it because I, I didn't want to know. So I didn't want to see options out there and get worried without knowing what was going on. So we went and had a blood test that afternoon and the next day um, I got a phone call reasonably early in the morning from another doctor at the practice panicking saying we've just got Harry's CK result back. I think you need to take him straight to the hospital. It's extremely high. Um, people generally only have CK levels like this if they've had a snake bite or they're having a cardiac arrest you need to take him straight to the emergency department. We think Harry has some sort of underlying condition and obviously the blood test is indicating that. So she got back to me within an hour or so and said, okay, we've got you in to see the neurologist at the children's within two weeks. Being a nurse in the public hospital, I know very well that if you've got an appointment that quickly, then you're a category one and it's something very serious. I got on the internet and googled what a high CK in children meant 
And that was the first time I had ever heard of Dijing. So that came up as the only thing that is um, the only thing that children can have that would result in them having that high CK level. So at that stage, I had, I think, the one and only panic attack of my life. I literally could not breathe for minutes. I was hyperventilating. I was absolutely panicking. You read that about your child and, of course, you read all the bad things come up first and you see that the... The life expectancy is early 20s, there's a wheelchair before they're in their teens. Um, as a nurse, when they're talking about having trackies and being tube-fed and all of those things, I know exactly what that means. So I can, could picture that that's what Harry's life was going to be. So at that stage I called um, the physio panicking and she's saying okay calm down it's okay I'll talk to one of my colleagues who knows about it and so she's sort of coming back and forth and she's saying to me well it doesn't necessarily have to be Duchenne it could be another type of muscular dystrophy you need to stop panicking we need to get the actual results first and it was actually Melbourne Cup Day I called my sister and she came over obviously I was um absolutely distraught and so I told her and she was just as upset as I was I knew mum had planned a, a nice day out with her friends to the Melbourne Cup and everything so I thought there's no point panicking her there's nothing we can do at this stage we don't actually know what's going on so like I've actually got photos of Kate and I sitting on the couch trying to smile as we're having a nice day and sending that on to mum when really yeah, everything had um, fallen apart. You panic, you get weird things in your head, and I was like, oh, I'm going to have to use so much of my sick leave coming up with Harry. I can't have a sick day, I have to go in. And yeah. We went to the hospital two weeks after, and by that stage, we had the hope that it was Becker's muscular dystrophy that he had, which is also causes muscular degeneration but it's not as severe although they do end up in wheelchairs they generally leave normal lifespans and it's nowhere near as bad so um hated those few hospital appointments to start with it was just as soon as we walked in the door I could feel myself starting to panic and I was just crying and had Harry with me so I'm trying to pretend that everything's okay and we went and sat down and um the doctor was quite blunt which is good I don't I would rather just hear exactly what's going on and she sort of started talking and I sort of interrupted and said oh said like what muscular dystrophy is it could it not be Becker's and she just shook her head and said um even before the blood test, looking at that CK result and watching Harry do the, it's called the Gowers Maneuver, which is a particular way that you get up of the floor, whereas most people, if you're sitting on the floor, you can jump up without using your hands. Um, the most obvious or the most distinctive sign of a child having Duchenne is every time they get off the floor, they have to lean over and use their hands to push themselves up of the floor. She sent us down to get the specific genetic blood test um, and then we came back to see them within a, like, a month and they confirmed that that is what Harry had.
So Duchenne muscular dystrophy, or DMD, is a rare and serious genetic disease. Now, there are many forms of muscular dystrophy. Duchenne is the most common form. The way that it's inherited, it mostly affects boys. Um, it is very rare to have uh, a girl born with DMD. But it affects um, about one in 3,500 male infants worldwide. It's all such a blur. My ex-husband didn't tell a single person other than his parents and his brother that Harry had DMD. So every single other person in our lives, all our joint friends, all my friends, all the people that were more friends with him, I had to get on the phone and ring people one by one and, and tell them. His dad died when he was a child and he never really recovered that. His first reaction was to say, oh no, I can't go through this again. So yeah, no, he was not very supportive. It's a genetic disease, but it's also something that can occur. I'm a carrier, but my mum wasn't a carrier. Ava could be a carrier as well. They recommend that children don't get tested just to see if they're carriers until they're in their late teens. Mm -hmm. It can just affect things like your insurance entitlements okay. and that sort of thing. Yeah. In a girl who's a carrier, as a child and a young adult, she doesn't have any reason to be tested unless she wants to get pregnant. Yeah. Um, you do need to get tested eventually because as a carrier, you can have serious heart problems. If I was to have another boy, I would have a 50% chance of them having DMD. It's a very, very difficult decision to make because you don't want to think, if I had known that Harry had DMD when I was pregnant, would I have not had him? It's a very hard ethical decision to think about. So Harry is eight, he'll be nine in October, and Ava's just turned 11. Do the children know? Yes. So I told Ava, she and I sat down to have a discussion, um, and I said to her I needed to talk to her about something, and I said, oh, Harry has Duchenne muscular dystrophy, and it's a condition that means all of his muscles are, are gradually breaking down. She thought about that for a minute and she said to me, does that mean Harry's going to die? And I said, well, yes. The life expectancy is actually quite short. It's her early 20s. So by this stage, Ava was in tears and I was in tears and we talked about how Harry was going to be in a wheelchair. And sort of, as a mother, you try to put a positive spin on things and... You don't want your children to be upset. So I started saying things like, oh, in some ways it's good that we know because a lot of people who um, just have normal lives, they just take them for granted and just let them go on. I said, because we know this about Harry and we know we've only got a certain amount of time with him, it means that we appreciate everything we do, I said, and it means that we go and we try to do more things and try to fit everything in now. I said, that's why we went to Ireland this year and that's why we're planning to go to Europe and Disneyland next year. And she just looked at me and she said, well, I'd rather just stay home and not do any of those things and have Harry. <laughs> Thank you.
he's getting older, all the children around him are getting older and starting to ask questions and the school's put the lift in so that Harry doesn't have to walk up and down stairs. So I thought at this stage, Harry needed to know so he didn't find out from other people. I sat down with Harry to tell him, expecting another very emotional conversation, like with Ava. So I said, I've told him what he had. And he's like, oh, really? So I said, am you going to be in a wheelchair? We discuss anything further than that. And he's like, okay, yep. I said, oh, do you want to talk about it? Do you have any questions? No, no. Can I get back to my iPad now? <laughs> so Harry ran back inside, <laughs> quite happy that he'd been given some information and didn't need to know anymore. But children are very resilient you don't realize how resilient they are until they're put in this sort of situation when you get the diagnosis you think your life's over and that's it and you are so upset that life wasn't going to be the way that you planned it to be every time you picture things like what's he going to be like as a teenager what's he going to be like as an adult all you can picture is the things that he's going to miss out on the things that he's not going to get to take part in but I think over time you come to accept that yes they won't get to do those things but you can have a very different life that's just as enjoyable and I think children like Harry are born innately knowing that so they don't think to themselves isn't it terrible I'm not like everyone else they just think oh, this is what it is and they get on with it he will always be very good company. He will always have friends. We just need to accept that that's the way that it is. It does make you look at life a lot differently. It does make you appreciate everything that you do and try to only do things that make you happy, to walk away from things that upset you and don't contribute to your life. Harry does not require any extra care. He hasn't really deteriorated up to this stage, so... We have time to, to get in and do all of the things that we want to do now before we have to change what we do or before it becomes harder. There's some stains on your photo They all cracks on your rusty frame Save Our Sons is the peak body for Duchenne muscular dystrophy in Australia. Their duty is to focus all of their energy into winning the fight against this cruel condition. For more information, you can contact saveoursons.org.au.